Welcome to another episode of the Human Blueprint. We are all, I believe all three of us are extremely excited to record this episode and to talk about this. So we have Bernard here and Herman. And today we want to go into a topic that revolves teamwork, working as a team, striving for that championship goal. And I first want to start off with a story and a question because I've been in sports. I played sports growing up and I was a part of some pretty good teams. Um, but there was something missing, obviously, because the teams that I was a part of, although they were very talented, although we had good coaching, we had a good system, we had a good program, we always failed at the end goal, which was to win the championship. And so Herman, I'm not sure if this is too broad of a question, but could you maybe enlighten us on why teams fail to achieve that end result that they're looking for? although they may be the most talented, although they may have the, the best players, ultimately, why do they fail at, at that end goal? Their ability to execute. A lot of people think they're good, act like they're good, but when it comes time for the pressure situation, if they cannot execute, that determines whether or not you become the champion or not. Can you execute under pressure? Can you execute in a short period of time? Can you execute when everything is against you and your back's against the wall? Because that's how you actually build the character. And for a lot of people who get into those situations, some people are just not built for that. They haven't ingrained themselves. They haven't allowed that flexibility. And because of that, once it comes time to execute and they just bottle up and they just want to shrivel up and they can no longer execute, then you can't perform. And in sports, it's all about your performance. So we want to make sure that we're always executing under any situation rather than just sitting there, sitting still doing nothing. So how's one trained for that though? Ah, so for a lot of people, you have to be very careful because a lot of people think that when you have an ego, that that's, that's execution. Yeah, I can do this. I can do that. I, 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 but for a lot of people, when it comes time for the actual training, it is so, it's like such a fine line that a lot of athletes tend to cross as opposed to knowing what the line is. That line is how much is, is too much and how much is not enough. Like there's this fine line. Should I train that extra hour or am I going to get hurt? Should I rest that extra hour so that I could rejuvenate and, and be ready for more the next day? It's that fine line. And when we're training athletes, we have to know what that fine line is to identify those fine lines to make sure that they're always at the benefit of their efforts. They're not at detriment for their efforts. And so it's like a lot of players, sometimes maybe they come back too soon from injury. What happens? Then they re-injure or get a worse injury, right? Because that fine line maybe crossed too quick, right? Maybe that they needed that extra day or an extra two days of rest, right? And so that's why you have to just watch those fine lines when we're training so that once you know that you're in a high pressure situation and you want to execute, that this doesn't fail. Because once this fails, then what happens if you cross that line? Maybe it's a one-year, maybe it's a two-year injury. Maybe it's a five-year injury. Maybe it's an injury that you'll never come back from. Yeah, and I think with the NBA playoffs that just tied up, I think we saw an ex a prime example of that. Mm -hmm. So how does how does an athlete know what their line is? How do they know when they're overexerting their body or if they're not putting in enough effort? Because the mind tends to play tricks. 
you know, especially when you're working out or when you're training, you know, you may feel like you just want to give up because you're not mentally strong enough, but maybe your body can still do more. Is that when the right trainer and the guidance comes into play or how can an athlete really get to know themselves better? So an athlete doesn't technically know everything. That's why we have trainers. Trainers are there to see what we cannot see ourselves because we're so busy in the game, focused on that little so-called game or what we're doing in the game that we don't have the macro lens to see outside of the game. And we need someone's lens from the outside to look from outside in perspective to really help us and guide us. And that's what we do. But for a lot of people, when they're in that zone or they're in that game, they feel they know everything and they no longer listen to trainers or people that got them to where they are. And then that's when they get in trouble. And so we have to always make sure that the communication, number one, is absolutely clear, must be concise and clear. If you don't know how to communicate to the people that have your best interests, then what's going to happen is your body is going to deteriorate and it's going to suffer because you're not putting yourself in the best hands to take care of you. You're not putting yourself in the best situation to recover. You're not putting yourself in the best hand to succeed. So that's why communication, number one. Number two, you have to ensure that the trust is there. A lot of people who communicate just because they're told to doesn't mean that they trust who's in charge of their health, who's in charge of their schedule, who's in charge of management. And if you don't have the trust, then what happens is, yeah, they'll go out, but then it will just be a job. It wouldn't be where they're enjoying themselves, where they're living up to their fullest potential, where they're maximizing every single moment and making everyone around them better, right? And so that's why when you look at a lot of losing teams, the losing culture, you have a great player, but it's on a losing team and a losing culture. As soon as you put that player in a better system with better trainers, with people who have more experience, people who've been there before, people who have that backbone, not afraid to tell you what to do and how to do it the right way, what happens? Then they basically took that mindset out of you. They put you in a whole different environment so that your mind can become freer because it was set in a certain way. And so everyone else around you became set. So no one was flexible anymore. It's very rigid. And so that you kept losing, you kept losing, you kept losing. But as soon as the mind was free and you have the better management and the better support, right? Then what happens? And you're able to do things you never thought that yourself possible. You're all of a sudden you put up better numbers. All of a sudden you become a better teammate. All of a sudden you become a lot healthier. All of a sudden you, all these doors start to open, but it's because too many people set themselves up for failure. And that's because their environment is poor. The people they look up to maybe doesn't give them the right guidance. The people they listen to, does not know what they speak of. The people that they are influenced by have never been where they want to go. And so you have to ask yourself all these questions like, who am I listening to? Why am I even listening to them? Because you have to make sure everything that comes internally, that it can be controlled so that what you can produce internally can have better external results, just like in martial arts, just like in sports. But if you can't control what's coming internally and it's all a mess, then you're not clear inside. And when you try to perform and execute, it will never be to the fullest capacity or to the fullest potential. And so when it's like game seven and you're right there and the clock's ticking down and everyone trusted you to make the shot, but all you were worried about is this second guess and second guess and you weren't able to execute, you'll never be able to forgive yourself. That's why you have to just go out there and execute. Well, we've seen what happened with Kevin Durant and 
he has trainers and he has obviously a team. I mean, they're a championship organization. And he still, again, when he felt good and he came back and we saw what happened. And I know you've gone through the whole injury as well. So you recovered. Yes. But how, like what happened there? Was it in him where he said, hey, look, I feel good and I need to come back because we need to win. And now his whole career is in jeopardy. Correct. So most people don't realize how devastating that injury is. Most people, if they didn't have the right doctors, the right surgery, the right recovery, the right training, they will never recover from that. It's a very devastating injury. Kobe Bryant had the injury right after, what, two years later, he had to retire, right? The Marcus Cousins, also on the Warriors, had that injury two years ago, never fully recovered. He could barely jump, right? So we look at all these guys that have this same devastating injury, and you ask yourself, why? Why is this injury more predominant now in today's game than it was, say, in the 90s? Why is that? But yet we're supposed to have better medicine. We're supposed to have better technology. We're supposed to have better uh, so-called experience. Then why is these type of injuries getting more devastating? Well, you think the technology and even the shoes would help make a difference. You think that there would be less of them. Yeah. But perhaps they're happening more often now because... Maybe it could be the ego and that you feel you need to come back for the team to win. And I know maybe that comes from good intention, but you may be blinded. Maybe it comes from the health and the way that they are taking care of their body. So the, are those a few of the common factors, would you say, or is there something deeper there? Yes, but what does Bernard think? Is there greed? Because again, if, if you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're not winning, you're not going to get that max contract. Mm -hmm. And back then when they were playing basketball or any other team sports, it was for the love of the game. And that's what I, again, I'm an observer and this is what I've seen is just that over the years, it's not about the love of the, of the game anymore. It's about those contracts, those deals. Would any of them play in the NBA for free? In their prime? Not a lot of them. Right, maybe very few. The only reason why I say that, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, of course, they're valued. They get priced at that value. They receive the reward of that value in return. That's okay. But if you're not at that level where, let's say you were at the very beginning of the era when there was the Bird, the Magic Johnson, the Jordans, right? David Robinsons, when the league was not as popular as it was today would they settle for the same paycheck that those guys were getting before they even had the championship, before they had TV rights, before they had all of these other teams, like expansion teams to come in to gain the popularity? Would they settle for that contract that those players were being paid? I doubt very many. It's, it's uh, probably a handful or so. Again, I don't know them, mm -hmm. but you, you even think about the, the basketball back then, it was a lot rougher too. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of injuries. So when we look at an injury, you have to understand that it's not just a physical problem. It may have shown up as a physical problem and you feel it as a physical problem. But what you don't realize is every single thing that happens to us is because something else that was done may have not been done the correct way. Think about that for one second. Think about what I just said for one second. 
Now, think of it this way. Look at the food that they consume. Look at the fuel that they consume. They claim they have nutritionists, they have dietitians, they have all these different things. Then why is it that they still get hurt? Why is it that the type of injuries become so severe? It's because if the fuel is poor, then when you are overusing this and the fuel isn't enough to generate enough of the energy or the enough to support the stress or enough to execute and the fuel is insufficient, then the vessel, the vehicle will suffer. That's like trying to drive your car or put it, fly a plane. What if there was not enough fuel to get it off the ground, but yet you forced it just to get off, get off the ground? What will happen? Engine may get shot, right? You may have a systems problem, right? Maybe the runway gear, maybe because there's not enough fuel, maybe you'll give out. You have all these different things, right? And that's why when pilots go into the plane, they have so many checkpoints and double checkpoints and triple checkpoints to make sure because the most dangerous point is as soon as you lift off, anything can go wrong. And it's to eliminate as many things as possible that can go wrong. And so the reason why we use the fuel analogy is because if it didn't have enough fuel and it only had enough to get up. Okay, so let's say you got up into the sky now. What if you didn't have enough to make halfway to the trip? But you were just focused on, we just got to get up in the air. Now you have a whole new problem because what goes up must come down. And so we have to be very cautious and understand that everything has an action, has an opposite and equal reaction. That's physics. So we have to make sure that if we're going to do something, we have to understand the other side of everything, the consequences of every action. That's called accountability. In today's world, so many people have little to none of it. And so that's why it's so hard for them to hear what's true. That's why a lot of the coaches can't coach anymore. Because back then when they were coaching, they can tell you what to do, what not to do. In today's game, they try to do the same thing. Doesn't work. The people don't listen. The people can't understand you the same way because they become a little softer. They become a little, how do we say, closed off than before. They're not as hungry the same way. Not as humble the same way. Michael Jordan had a quote and he said, if guys were only based on results and not on potential, the league would be very different. How many guys coming in, the draft is coming up in a week. How many guys are getting paid just on potential with their rookie contract as opposed to what they're going to do in the rookie year? Right? And that's why we have to look and look at our execution and make sure, are we doing things, are we just living off of our potential or are we actually executing and getting results so that our value can increase. Because a lot of people, when they get injured, they only look at the value for the money, but they don't value this. This you gotta live with for the rest of your life. This can always go and earn it in a different way, in a different manner, could do something to generate something else. But once this has been damaged in a very harmful way, it is very difficult to go back to your only source of revenue or your only one of two sources of revenue when you could be using this to earn maybe 10 different sources. So you have to take into account every action has an opposite and equal reaction. And we have to make sure that the fuel we get is enough to sustain ourselves for when we get up so that we also have enough for when we come down. 
so that the vehicle itself doesn't fall apart. Is that clear? And that's yeah. why when we train a lot of these athletes, Angelo, like when I was training you, even when we were, what, last year this time we were shooting hoops. So <laughs> when, we were, when we were doing that, it wasn't because it, I was trying to compete with you, you were trying to compete with me. It wasn't that you were better than me or I felt I was better than you. It was to understand how everything in life represents itself in one shape or another and how you do one thing is how you do everything so let's say when you shoot a ball and it, it's like a corkscrew or when you shoot a ball it has no rotation it's just a flat flat shot and just hits anything right then the, you don't have the right form and a lot of guys in today's league they don't have the right form when you look at how they shoot they don't have the proper mechanics some do but not a lot and so that's why a lot of guys in today's world have to learn have that flexibility so that they can always add something new to their game, right? Add something new every off season, add something new, right? Because if you're not adding something new now, then someone else is adding something new. You're falling behind. Your value diminishes. Right. And what I've seen too, is that some people will get good at the wrong form not good at the wrong form, but they'll get so, I guess, enclosed by that form and they don't want to do it a different way or try it a different way. And so it becomes broken. It's hard to learn a new form afterwards. Exactly. Especially when you're just shooting the ball without thinking about it and it's just on autopilot, but you're doing it the wrong way. That takes some serious relearning unlearning and then relearning so i'll give you guys a story this is a true story when i first started playing basketball it was not until grade nine so i could jump maybe this high which wasn't very high i saw everybody on the grade nine team play and i'm like now how come these guys are jumping and they're like maybe this high it's like well i could do that and so i trained that entire summer the entire summer, every single day, day in, day out, two, three times a day. And how I would train is I wouldn't just train because I saw someone jump that I would jump. No, no, no. If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And so all these people, they didn't train a certain way. I would train that way. I would take martial arts training, but then I'll amplify it to how I would train in basketball or how I could be successful in certain situations. So back then we didn't have a lot of games or a lot of access to games because the internet wasn't as good as it is today. And so when I would watch a game, it would just, you watch a game, then you would see a certain move, right away you go outside and you execute, or right away in the next practice you execute. Then if it worked, then you do it again, learn something new again, ready for something new. If it didn't work, go back and say, why did it not work? Why did it work for them? But it's not gonna work for me. And you have to work on the fundamentals. Too many people are not focused on the basics, the fundamentals. They want all the flash. But the better you got at the fundamentals, the faster you got with the skill set, that it easier it became to jump higher, run faster, defend better, right? Because you didn't have that burden that you put on yourself, that stress. But when a lot of these athletes, they can't play defense because they don't want the burden of bouncing or, or, or defending someone. Right? They just want to look pretty and score all the points on one end, right? It's like a certain player we know with the beard, right? So we have to be very <laughs> careful of not becoming that type of person because 
if we are the leader of the team, we get paid like one, we're supposed to act like one, then it requires us to play both ends of the floor, not just one. And so that's why they keep failing. They get right there, game seven last year, right there, can't complete it. This year, face them again, game six, eliminated. And so you have to be very careful not to fool yourself that you have to understand. If you, if you want to get to that so-called championship, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And it always starts on the defensive end because you have to be able to defend what's yours before you're ever able to go to the other side and get, to the, uh, get the point, get the score, get the attempt. Always have to maintain and defend home first. Yeah, and it's funny how you talk about the flash and doing all the stuff that's flashy because what I've noticed, I've just picked this up because I play basketball, just pick up, play for fun. And I've noticed throughout the past couple of years, people will try to do these sweet little dribbles like five feet behind the three-point line and then shoot it up just like Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny to me because I've noticed that more and more people that play, like that's the first shot they take. They just get to the court, boom, shoot the longest three they can, try to do some fancy dribbles to imitate Curry, boom, try to shoot the three. So I think it's funny that you brought that up, and I've just noticed that. But for me, I can never make that my first shot because I know that if I do that and I just start shooting threes only, I can miss some, and then my momentum is completely gone. But if I start small and I just shoot some layups and I work my way out, that's how I, that's how I get warmed up, and that's how I get a feel for it. So do you remember when we were in Miami and we were training, Angelo? Yep. Did we just start at half court and start shooting? Nope. <laughs> you go to the clo you closer to the goal, correct? Higher the highest success chance, right? But what happens is everyone falls in love with the prettiness of making something look so pretty from far away as opposed to getting to as close to the goal as possible and maximizing that and then keep a little bit, five, five steps up, five steps up, five steps up, five steps up, until you reach your ceiling. And then once you reach your ceiling, you figure out, oh, is it my form? Do I not have the proper mechanics? Do I not have the proper lift? Do I not have the proper follow through, right? And then if it is that you have all those, then is, it that I, it, is my vision clear? Am, am I putting too strong? Am I putting it too, too light? Right. And then if it's still the ceiling, then you have to go back to the fundamentals and say, why five feet forward? I can do it. But five feet behind, I can't. Is it that I don't believe it? Is it that I just don't have enough strength? So you have to do the process of elimination for the experiment so that by the time you hit the three point line, it's like in life. You want to make sure that it, once you get there, that you're confident that every one you take that you can make, because the whole goal is not to stand out there and just shoot threes for the rest of your life. The whole goal is to consistently get as close to your target as possible for the highest success rate. But you have to have a target. And if the target is further and further and further away, the less of a chance of you being able to get to it. And we want to make sure that everybody watching, watching this and listening to this gets to that target sooner because the sooner we can hit the smaller targets, then the further the bigger targets are away, then it's that much easier to get to. That so much so basically go for the layups first you have to believe and see it first it's like when i trained and i trained other people especially shooters they always tell the number one thing when you're guarding a shooter 
and they're struggling, do not put them on the foul line. Because as soon as they see the ball go through the basket the first time, all of a sudden belief kicks in. It went in once, it could go again, it can go again. And then it just takes one or two shots and all of a sudden they're back at, they're, they're, they caught fire again, right? Mm -hmm. That's why the belief is so strong. And a lot of people listening to this and watching this, they don't have enough of that. Speaking of belief, you know how you talk about the fine line for your body, knowing where to, again, not exert yourself, but also push yourself. So there's also a fine line for just our, our belief system as well, in our, where we believe in ourselves, but you also don't want to become so arrogant. So you need the confidence, but you don't want the arrogance. So like, how do you find that fine line? So arrogance, how do you show arrogance? When you think more about yourself. Okay, and how do you express it? Like me or? But how is arrogance expressed? You're, well, you talk a lot, a lot of trash talk. And look at the people who are talking the most amount of trash. Mm-hmm. And who, who speaks at least quite Leonard. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> See what happens is when you're even keel and look at his leadership, Greg Popovich, right? Came from a military background had structure, made sure you're going to do this to get this. So he brought that same hard work and mentality, but with structure. And then he was always even keel no matter what happened. And that's why he's able to take everybody from every different country. You have people from Congo, you have people from Spain, you have people from St. Lucia, you have people from Cameroon on this Raptors team. And it's all that diversity coming together, showing that we can unify doesn't matter about the skin color, doesn't matter where you're born, doesn't matter who your parents were. It just showed us that we can unify in every way possible. But you had to believe it first because when they got Kawhi Leonard, a lot of people didn't believe he was going to be able to do what he did. Mm -hmm. Coming off an injury, only playing nine games one year, a lot of people doubted it. And so his trade value diminished. Raptors said, nope, we'll take that and we'll, we'll run with that. And because of his demeanor, his ability to lead, less arrogance, all action to show what happens. They follow the action. They follow the leader. Yeah, it's also a shame that when we talk about like flashiness, usually that's what gets the shoe deals and that's where the media and also fans that don't look at stats as much and just look at just the what's fun it's about scoring it's about mm -hmm. these flashy things and really barely anybody says hey look look at how that guy defends yeah right look mm -hmm. look, look at the pick and roll and look at those things like you don't look at those things because again it's not flashy but those are the things that wins championships they're also the things that win your relationship think of it this way how many things do the people that we love do all the things to defend us, do all the dirty work to make sure we have what we have today, do all the things to make sure that we have the privileges that we have in today's world that we, so that we can feel comfortable. That's not flashy. But yet that was love. Yet they showed us. Yet they did for us. But yet we're only focused on flashy. That's to tell you that the marketing is working for the outside world. They're tricking you into thinking that you need to have flashy to be important. Is your mom flashy? 
is she the one that expects all these extravagant things and have all these things for waste? No, but she'll be the first person to do anything and anything, when I say anything, anything at all, to make sure that you're happy, you're comfortable, and to make sure you're, you're healthy. All the things that don't show up on the scoreboard, like you said, all the things that are not flashy, but those are the things that, those are the people doing that, that will always be there for us. And when people start looking for relationships, they only want what's flashy. And that's why they don't last. And that's why they end up with so many rings, but the wrong rings. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And then they start wearing the rings right here. All underneath here. Well, something I love about sports is that it really ties into different areas of your life. Like, look at the correlation to relationships. And I'm sure we can sit here and talk about so many other areas like career and business and all these other areas. They just, they're so synchronized together. The principles are. So that's why throughout this episode, even like when you talked about accountability and how everything, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Well, you could apply that to like anything that you do in life, not just mm -hmm. sports, but everything. Correct. And I'm just thinking through the relationship part and it's true. Like my wife, Han, everything that she does, it's, it's not flashy. And that's not, that's not why I love her. It's not for the flashiness, but like I, I know deep down inside and if anything happens to me, she'll always be by, by me, but you, that doesn't show up on the scoreboard. No, it doesn't. And that's why we have to be very careful where we give our love and who we give our love to, because if we give it to the wrong person or to the wrong people or the wrong management, and then they do wrong by us, then that taints us. So when the, the right time for us to share it, we're, we're shy. We don't want to do it. We've been hurt before. Mm -hmm. So you have to protect your environment so that once you have the right type of management like Bernard has with Han, and he's got the right type of management now, then <laughs> that management's going to keep him in line. That man management's going to make sure he has everything he needs. That management's going to make sure that the both of them do what's right for each other, not against each other so that they can win their championship, right? And then when they win their championship, we call that happiness. And so for a lot of us listening to this, we have to really dig deep inside and say, you know what, enough is enough. It's time to be accountable for my life. It's time to win those championships for my family, not in a bad way, but in a good way so that when I have my championship, then I'm able to give more. Because think of it this way, if Bernard didn't have his management at home and he was miserable or unhappy, could he be doing more or giving more to the world? No. I'll be doing flashy things. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's just uh, just being honest. Yes. Without the proper surroundings, environment, I would be doing a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But it's because you've been shown that other people do that. It's not that you just magically are born and do that. You have to learn it somewhere, somehow. Well, definitely. And again, like you said, that with the marketing and media and the friends, who knows? There's so many, so many areas mm -hmm. that that's what you're drawn to towards. Correct. I mean, but now that we know, it's like okay, we can make some changes. Yeah. So I'm you guys no ready for championships? Pardon? 
you guys ready to win championships? Oh yeah, I'm I'm no longer flashy. <laughs> so I'm glad that Corey Leonard won because he's definitely not that that trash talker or the, the type of your usual media guy. His interviews are very humble. Extremely humble. So maybe we take a page out of his book and apply that for everyone listening so that we ourselves can make sure that our actions are speaking louder than anything we say. Absolutely. I think that's something that we could all apply. Right. And possibly getting the right type of management or the right type of coaching or the right type of support, the right type of guidance, because I feel a lot of people don't necessarily have that either. And when you don't have that, it's probably harder to succeed. I mean, I was there three years ago where I didn't have that. And I was playing for myself, playing for all the selfish reasons, the flashy reasons. And I felt so lost and unfulfilled. So if you're anything like me or anything like Bernard, get around the right type of people. And if you can't find them, you got to join us. Exactly. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Go Raptors, go. I think the parade's still going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Take care.